If Jesus were to rise yet again, would he play Vegas? Answer me this, answer me this. Why do all gay comedians get called outrageous? Answer me this, answer me this. Hello listeners, welcome to the new series of Answer Me This and welcome to Landmark episode 250. That's right, and welcome to our live studio audience. Yeah, we're really marking this in the biggest way we could think That's of. That's right, we've got in front of us a live studio audience consisting of a bag of Cheetos Crunch that Helen brought back from America. <laughs> and some biscuits. And weirdly, some salt and pepper left on the table from when we had dinner earlier. Yes. So it's a really special occasion for all of us, and we're yeah. really grateful that you could be here with us in the room at yeah. Answer Me This Tower. We were going to have a special guest episode or guestopode uh, for this uh, numerical landmark landmark but um she couldn't come however <laughs> she's coming soon yeah soon but uh, south by southwest you were there yeah i was at south by or, yeah why do they <laughs> call, why do they abbreviate it to that that's <laughs> just awful it is awful i mean by the time you're halfway through you might as well finish right <laughs> you were invited to talk about podcasting yeah but screw that because i got some free giant post-it notes <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> and, and you gave me a packet and they're pretty awesome they are pretty good yes uh, i was doing a panel about podcasting and what did we learn we learnt that the Americans make a good deal more money off it than we do. Yeah, we're going to try and work on that one, listeners. Yeah, because the Americans don't seem as afraid as we are of going, give us money every month, mm. then we can make a living. But if we were hypothetically interested in doing that, I suppose we could refer people to the fact there always has been a PayPal button on our website. Yes. Feel free to check it out, listeners. It's Just shiny. Think- uh, but also, you recorded a podcast whilst you are out there oh, as well. God. All these things you did whilst I was sitting at home wanking. <laughs> From Texas, I took the train to Los Angeles. All Americans when they heard I was taking the train, were like, what? <laughs> you know they have planes. Yeah, they probably assumed you were a prisoner being transported yeah. in some way. I thought, oh, it sounds like an adventure. And it kind of was a sitting still, looking out of a window adventure <laughs> for a day and a half. And then when I got to Los Angeles, I was going to record a podcast with Jesse Thorne of uh, Maximum Fun Podcast. Oh, you might just have to pick that name up off the floor, Helen. I thought, I'm here early. I'm going to walk it. Do you know what? If you walk through downtown Los Angeles at seven in the morning, everybody thinks you're a tramp. <laughs> Anyway, you yes. went and recorded <laughs> Jordan Jesse Go. Yes, I did. You're a guest on an episode of Jordan Jesse Go. The Get podcast. me. Get me. Uh, yeah. yeah, episode 267. If uh, you want to give that a go. Okay. Well, I will because I haven't at the time of recording this. I have not yet listened to it. Try so it, I can't Ollie, Comment on its know, quality. Open your mind to new experiences. <laughs> will do. And uh, what did you get up to? While oh, I was nothing away? much. I just bought a house. Oh, what? Yeah. Except I don't want to jinx it. I really don't want to jinx it because we at the moment we haven't exchanged contracts or anything. We just we've had an offer accepted on a house in Hertfordshire. I'm going to move to a house. Congratulations. Yeah, a proper house. Proper house. Are you going to keep your own cows and chickens? At, actually, the girlfriend has been speculating as to whether we might keep chickens. I've pointed out that right. it is, although you know we are moving for the rural idyll, the garden doesn't really fit chickens. But you know, <laughs> chickens are small. Well, there's three bedrooms. I mean, you know, what are we going to do with the second one? Imagine how many battery hens you could fit in those bedrooms. <laughs> now think of how many chickens you could fit just roaming around a little piece of your garden. Time for a question from uh, someone who's chosen to remain anonymous. Well, it's probably something very uh, rude, isn't it? Yeah, well, terrible. That, that's the thing. I. I, I I normally complete that by saying and we're about to find out why but we're, we're really not about to find out why we don't know why you've chosen to be anonymous, anonymous. maybe their real name is anonymous but anyway anonymous from oh, New- from newcastle maybe it is anonymous you know they've well, taken the they've taken a break from hacking to ask us a question <laughs> ask us a fairly mundane question about a convenience food it's possible yeah uh, anon from newcastle says my neighbours order takeaway pizza five or six days a week. Mm-hmm. I think it's awfully excessive, says Anonymous, by any stretch of the imagination slash waistline. Even people living in the pizza-rich uh, regions of Italy probably wouldn't have it five or six times a week. Do they even have takeaway pizza in Italy? Like delivered pizza like that? I bet they don't. 
because they, they probably just know someone who can make pizza at home or they go around the corner and pick it up themselves well, don't they? the thing is a lot of Italians drive mopeds so if they just happen yeah. to have a pizza on the moped they all become de facto pizza deliverers <laughs> eh? don't write to me Italians I'm making a joke <laughs> um, but recently says Anonymous their behaviour the neighbour's behaviour remember them has taken a turn for the stuffed crust uh, they have <laughs> they have been receiving orders as early as two o'clock in the afternoon or as late as two o'clock in the afternoon if that's their breakfast well Exactly. What if they're on shift work? Have some consideration, yeah. or Anon. It's, or it's their lunch, their late lunch. I think, says Anon, this is a step too far in their slovenliness. But other people I know disagree. Other people you know think these people are living the life. Perhaps they work for Perfect Pizza. Maybe they're like restaurant inspectors, but for takeaway pizzas. Now, we're saying different things there. I'm saying perhaps the people that don't judge them work for Perfect Pizza and are profiteering. You're saying perhaps they actually have a professional interest, the couple that are eating all the pizza. Yes, maybe whichever organisation checks that the uh, pizzas arrive within 45 minutes, they're still hot, the cheese is still on top, not down the side. Yes, because if you're mystery shopping pizza, there's no Mm. way of doing it without getting it delivered. Otherwise, the game would be blown, wouldn't it? Although, how many pizza deliverers are there in Newcastle? Would they not automatically get a bit suspicious that every day they're delivering the same address? Well... But maybe that's the only way to ensure quality mm. because you build up the uh, illusion that you're someone who's addicted to pizza. Yeah. And then you are actually assessing the pizza on a day by day basis. Maybe they've got a takeaway pizza blog. Uh, well. Anyway, Anonymous, if you're genuinely worried about their slovenliness, maybe you should call on them and see whether this pizza is just an indicator of some greater problem in their life. Maybe they've got, you know, health problems that mean they can't leave the flat and this is the only way they can get food. You could offer to go out and do some shopping for them, get them some nutrients. Don't be ridiculous, Ellen. That would right. be being a good neighbour rather than writing to a podcast and bitching about it. Yeah, them. screw the fat bastards. So, Helen, answer me this. Is it acceptable behaviour to be ordering takeaway pizza during the middle of the afternoon? Or should there be an early evening cut-off point, say 6 or 7pm. Well, I suppose that is in the hands of the pizza-delivering organisation, and if they have decreed that late lunch, for I believe that 2pm is a perfectly acceptable lunch time, mm. if they think they can deliver a pizza at 2pm and still make money, then that's fine, even if it's 4pm. It's more than fine, isn't it? It's better for the pizza delivery industry. Why? Because you're spreading the load. It's not just between 7 and 9pm. Yeah, and it means that actually if you work for one of those pizza companies, mm-hmm. you know, you don't just have to work a night shift. Yeah. You know, you, perhaps you, you just out. had maternity or paternity leave, you yeah. want to take it a bit easy. You want to be home in time for the kids to get out of school, though, Yeah. 3pm. <laughs> so the lunch shift could be quite important. Take some of the strain off from later in the day as well, making everything so that everything can yeah. be consistent. And what's the problem with it being early? It means that you're not disturbed in the evening when you're watching television by the ring of next door's doorbell yeah it's a fairly minor thing to be judgmental of your neighbors about like our neighbors that uh, make a a loud sex noise the thing that i really judge them upon is uh, the fact that they get an awful lot of shopping from the littlewoods catalog (laughs) like maybe four parcels a week and i just think what is there to buy from that and what kind of weird compulsive habit have they got into things go together helen maybe the sex time and the littlewoods catalogue combine in ways that you simply have never investigated you know what i get off on multi-packs of pastel colored air text shirts (laughs) (laughs) well no maybe they sell uh amusements that can be used in that fashion oh you mean like um vibrating cochlear rings yeah well yeah but except they'd be sold as you know novelty cufflinks through the Littlewoods catalogue. It is a long time since I lived through the Littlewoods catalogue. I, I suppose as well, um, the thing is, it's better for you, isn't it? If you're going to have a very calorific meal, better that that's at lunchtime than Good in point. the evening. So yeah. actually, you should be applauding the fact that if yeah. they have got a, a seven-a-week pizza habit, at least they have mm-hmm. moved it forward to lunch. Because a lot of people say no carbs after 2pm. So maybe they're just trying to get it in under the uh, carb mm. finishing line. Although, 
where I would always prefer the evening pizza is when you're having it leftovers the next day and it's been in the fridge, you're having it cold. Mm. That to me is lunch or if you're being very naughty breakfast. But it's not dinner. Don't want a cold dinner. Mm. So whereas if you're having it hot at lunch, you don't really want it cold in the evening. Is there a food stuff which you would happily get delivered five plus times a week? Because <laughs> I would get dim sum or... Chinese aubergine hot pot delivered to me every day if I could. Money, no object. Yeah. I would subscribe to some sort of olive club. <laughs> oh, God. If I could have a different barrel of olives every day. I bet that exists. Yeah, oh. it probably does. But it would probably be a Ponzi one that, that tries to sell you like olive oil. No, I know what to get you for your birthday, though. I'm going to, if I, if necessary, I'll set up a, a daily olive delivery service <laughs> for you because I'm sure I'd make my money back over the years. Yeah. Don't go to Tesco and get the crap olives and special no. delivery them to me, though, because no. that is not good enough. This is the trouble with you moving out of London, Ollie. Are provincial olives going to live up to your London olive standards? Provincial or Provencal? Good point. Hi, Helen and Ollie. It's Gemma from Leeds. Um, I've just got a new car and somebody has bought me some fluffy dice to put into it. And I've always found it like a bit of a strange thing. So why fluffy dice? What's the point? The point is, Gemma, it's a nod to the uh, heritage of uh, World War II fighter pilots. No, it's not. Yeah, it is, apparently. I, I thought it might be a luck thing. Yes. And so is, the, is it that World War II fighter pilots had dice in their cockpits yes. to not crash? Not fluffy ones, just no. actual ones. So apparently they had a pair of dice on the dashboard and that was either as a, luck, a good luck charm or they would throw it to calculate their odds of coming back alive. And just as a superstition thing, not yeah, that there's yeah. actually a calculation Exactly. Yeah, just <laughs> so I think... If was, I would take some with me every time I took a commercial flight. So anyway, after the war, then uh, it became a thing in cars because uh, a lot of the former pilots then became hot rods. And so uh, mm. they would hang dice in their car windows to show that they were ready for a little bit of illegal street racing. Ah. Uh, but because the dice were plastic, they used to melt in the heat, so they got replaced by fluff. And then it just uh, sort of it became so popular that then it turned kitsch, like so many uh, popular yeah. things from the 40s and 50s. Do you remember um, in Neighbours mm. when Billy Kennedy qualified to drive? <laughs> no. Uh, American listeners will know him as one of the characters in House, but I don't yeah. watch House, so I can't tell you which character he plays. The blonde one. The blonde one. That's not a lady. Anyway, he was in a soap opera called Neighbours when he was a child. Oh, yes. When He's we secretly Australian-Americans, you might not know. <laughs> uh, he played Billy, and um, Billy's parents, Susan and Carl... Yep got him a car um, for his birthday because he'd qualified to drive. Yeah, he was a bit, wasn't he? Yeah. He Youngest. probably had an accident. It was probably a morality fable. As soon as anyone passed their driving test, you would know they would have an accident. Just as the first time they had sex, they would get pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Or they'd be involved in some sort of storyline involving the car. They wouldn't just yeah. give him a car for no reason. No. He'd have the car because he'd have to rush someone to hospital or kill someone. Yeah. Neighbours is very much an example of the adage, everything happens for a reason. Yes, yeah, it's quite reassuring in that way, isn't it? Why am I so happy? So that everything can get taken away from me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Billy Kennedy qualified to drive and Carl and Susan bought him a car for his 17th birthday. Yes. And the whole episode was about he was expecting to get given the keys to a car. Yeah. And the way they did it is his present was in the shape of six inch by six inch box. Yes. And he was disappointed because he's like, that's not car keys. Yeah. And it was the fluffy dice. Ha! It's Aww. a big fluffy dice. And then he knew, you see, that he'd got the car out the back. I remember that episode. Aww. And I thought that would be nice. That'd be nice if my dad did that. Save that for your own time. And then when my dad actually bought me a car when I was 17. He bought you a car. Well, he's a car dealer. He bought me Fair a second hand mini metro. Uh, hey, my dad didn't give me a sculpture for my 17th birthday. <laughs> a second hand one. Well, you couldn't really drive that. Uh, well, I could probably drive it about as well as I could drive a car. Hmm. Um, I kind of wanted him to do the fluffy dice trick completely unreasonably. Like he'd never even seen that episode. But he instead, <laughs> he just obviously did what anyone else would do, drove the car outside and he was like, here you are, son. It's yours. 
And I was like, that's really cool, but it's not as cool as the fluffy dice thing that Carl and Susan did in Neighbours. Yeah. Do you think you could play it coy, please, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> I want the tension where I think I've got a different present and actually it turns out to still be a car yeah. and also fluffy dice. I only want the car for oh. the fluffy dice. So useless, Dad. I hate you. I've got a question. Email your question. You answer me this podcast at An audio cue there that it is time for a question of Catholicism, uh, because obviously <laughs> it's been quite a busy week in uh, Vatican City. Oh, really? What have they been up to? Is it the country fair? <laughs> have they been getting their Etsy stores ready? Uh, no, they've been, of course, celebrating Helen, uh, the new Pope. You know all those Pope lollipops they've got with the Pope's face? Presumably they just had to get rid of all of the old stock and get a bunch of new ones quickly. Well, no, because the old Pope's still the Pope, isn't he? He's the Pope uh, Emeritus or whatever. Yeah, but there's not going to be the trade in old Pope lollies, is there? They're going to have to sell That's them half at price, isn't it? It's price. like the JLS calendars in HMV. Maybe one of the Cardinals has been paid to lick off the old Pope's face and then <laughs> stick on the new one. <laughs> well, anyway... <laughs> Uh, Jay in Kennington has observed that changes are afoot uh, in the Catholic world. Well done, Jay. Pope-wise. Uh, and he says, uh, I know there are only a couple of hundred people living in Vatican City, uh, and the Catholic Church is renowned for being a boys' club. In so many ways. So, Helen, answer me this. <laughs> what proportion of Vatican City residents are women? Well, uh, according to statistics released in 2011, there are 540 men and only 32 women. That sounds about right. Do you want to work out the proportion, Martin? About, uh, about 5%, isn't it? 95% men? I think pretty much all of those women are in uh, service uh, positions, so they cook and clean and sew for the cardinals and the Pope. I know that uh, the Catholic Church is not the most up-to-date of institutions. Really? Um, but it really does hammer it home, I think, when you've been watching the election process on the telly to see that there is not a single woman cardinal. It just kind of looks wrong to well, me. Well, if they're not that keen on women priests, Ollie, I very much doubt they're going to go straight for a cardinal one. <laughs> I know. But it's mad, isn't it? Of course it's mad. Don't even try to unpick it, Ollie, because the whole thing is like the most ridiculous fairy story ever written. Uh, but there are some amazing outfits. Did you see the, the the guys who were standing by the door whilst the old Pope left? Had <laughs> so these kicked out the back. <laughs> had these things in like they're basically jester outfits in like mm. orange, blue, and red. Yeah, essentially look like they should be in Twelfth Night. It's like actually hilarious. They must shut the door and piss themselves laughing that they just did a somber event wearing that. And they're probably five hundred years old. Those outfits. They're probably from the time that Twelfth Night was written. <laughs> There's no point updating it. They're like, well, we've still got some good wear out of this. Well, and that's the thing they do do very well, isn't it? Is the theatre of it all, you know, the white smoke and all that. Papal clothes question. <laughs> yeah. What do they wear under all those frocks? What kind of pants? Because I don't believe that these people go commando. Mm. What have they got under there? Bloomers? <laughs> Jockey briefs? Uh, all in one? Well, it's a hot country. But they're being fanned by people genuflecting. That must create a breeze. <laughs> Did you see the story about the Vatican buying the gay sauna? No. Yeah, eh? the, the Vatican apparently accidentally invested yeah, yeah. <laughs> 23 million euros in a building in Rome which has a gay sauna in it. I don't think you can invest that amount of money accidentally. <laughs> and I think if there's a gay sauna, you might notice it as you were doing your viewing. If you were buying your house, Ollie. Yeah. Would you or would you not have noted the presence of a sauna, gay or not? The hilarious thing is they bought the building to house 15 priests in. Well, it already has done that, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, well, we have another question of Popes on the phone line. Hi, it's Gabby from Winnish. Um 
Helen and Ollie, answer me this. The, there's just been a new pope elected, Francis I, and um, me and uh, my children, Charlie and Dylan, were wondering how they choose uh, the pope's name. Every prospective pope, when they're a cardinal and they go in to elect the next pope, whether they admit it or not, I think secretly uh, knows themselves what their name is going to be do, if they get yeah. elected. Because do, it's embarrassing to not have one up your sleeve, isn't it? It's not like the job comes up very much, so you really ought to be prepared. Because most of them are probably thinking about greasing the stairs of the Vatican so they get a shot at the job. Some of them obviously don't want that job. They're very grateful to be going home afterwards. Yeah, it's like it's uh, probably better not to be Prime Minister, but to have one of the lowlier positions so you can fuck about a bit more. But Choose your words carefully, Helen. So you can mess around a bit more. So you can have a little fun. <laughs> so Perfect good clean legal fun that's right yeah responsible and uh, decent fun in the yes, name of god yes yes um the thing is you know these particular group of cardinals obviously they believe that it is god speaking through them electing the pope uh, and i think we have to take them at the word that they all do genuinely believe that so if they believe that mm-hmm. and they've become cardinals because god has spoken to them and told them to become you know priests and then been elected as cardinals, god told us to become podcasters <laughs> yeah. yeah if that's the case then it sort of makes sense doesn't it, that none of them are going to take the risk of not having the name up their sleeve because Mm. they're going to think, if God calls me to be Pope, I better be ready for this. Yeah. So I think they've all got the name. And uh, and yeah, Francis chose uh, Francis after Francis of Assisi. Oh, cool. uh, Who I always thought was the bloke from Status Quo. (laughs) 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 But apparently... Apparently not. He's a, no, he's the one that likes the birds. Um, and apparently, as well, because he's a Jesuit, he's the first Jesuit pope, and there right. was a famous Jesuit, Francis uh, Xavier, which I always think is a good use of an X. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, you know... Well, it means saviour. Did missionary things. So it's very popish. But that's and a tradition that's been going since 1555. What, having a fun name as a pope? Before that, some of them had taken an adopted name and some of them kept their real name, but since 1555, they've all had an adopted name when they became pope. Now, why is that? Because I'm imagining most cardinals don't have a name that is totally unsuitable for being the pope. It's not like they're going to have names that would have uh, been in chat magazines. You called them what feature? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like there's going to be Pope Jason with a Y and two N's and an E. like reading but not while I'm driving apparently that's illegal I want to listen to Richard Dawkins reading Darwin's Voyage of the Beagle me too well now we can do that and I'll keep my license by signing up for a free audiobook let's go to answer me this podcast.com slash audible and have a look you have until April the 1st to take up this trial. Midnight on April the 1st, I believe. So hurry and do it, please, because not only do we get money per person that does it, yeah. you also get a free audiobook. That's right. And what's better than free stuff? Nothing. Literally nothing. Uh, some of you have, in fact, been gorging yourself on so much free audio, uh, you've apparently lost your sense of humour, uh, <laughs> because we've had this in from Steffi in Bristol, uh, who says, I have recently downloaded Les Miserables, all 57 hours of it. Uh-huh, this, which... this is your fault, Helen, for saying that no one would. Um, well, I cast aspersions on whether 57 hours of it would be more interesting than the abridged version of 12 hours or whatever it was having read the book says Steffi I can confirm that it is about more than just barricades there's also a lot of haulage amongst the prisoners (laughs) I understand Uh, I would recommend it 
as the musical, by necessity of time, leaves out many nuances of characters and details of plot. Yeah, but you no know, shit. If, if, if <laughs> there was, I think that the musical version is always the definitive version of any story. <laughs> Who needs the balcony scene in Romeo and Juliet when you've got tonight in West Side Story? Well, you raise a good question. I Who don't does? tell him. Who I does? Raise, I raise. I raise a comic question. The Little Shop musical is much better than the non-musical film. Yeah, no, that is true. Yeah, and yeah. and Return to the Forbidden Planet. If you watch the film of that as a child, expecting it to be like the musical, then you are crushed. <laughs> uh, but uh, to be honest, although I did enjoy the film, Steffi, it didn't make me inspired to know more of the nuances. Mm. Well, I'd I suppose the point is that is the filmmaker's fault, isn't it, perhaps, and not uh, Victor Hugo's, who, of course, had nothing to do yeah, with the film. Yeah, no. Uh, anyway, she continues, Helen, answer me this. Why are you so quick to dismiss one of the finest works of literature ever produced? Maybe because we were joking and this is a comedy show. Hello, Steffi. All in good fun, Steffi. Uh, All al- in good fun. Also, is there anything anything lasting 57 hours that you would consider listening to oh god you can on audible get the king james version of the bible oh. that's 65 hours long i don't think i could ever listen to an audiobook of the bible it would just remind me of that episode of the simpsons where homer has eaten japanese blowfish and thinks he's gonna die so listens to uh, cassettes of the bible but you know in um, desert island discs they always say you have the free copy of um yeah. complete works of shakespeare in the bible yeah. i'd say can i have that on audiobook yeah, but that would count as one of your discs. Oh, no, it, no, it wouldn't. I'd just be saying, look, it's mm-hmm. the 21st century. If I'm going to be marooned on an island, it's only reasonable that I have an audible subscription. It took us like a year and a half, not even to get quite to the end of Easy Riders Raging Bulls, which is about 20, <laughs> 24 hours. So this time I downloaded a bunch of books that were a bit shorter, like uh, Jane Lynch's memoir. It's about seven hours. I thought seven hours in the company of Jane Lynch. What could be more delightful? I haven't listened to it yet, so I can't tell you what could be more delightful. <laughs> In South by Southwest, I met our fellow podcaster, Roman Mars, who makes 99% Invisible. That is a great show. And a great name, Roman Mars. How fun is that Amazing. to say? It's like a fake showbiz name, but it's his real birth name. Yeah, I assume. Yeah. He might have made it up for podcasting showbiz purposes. <laughs> but he had just finished listening to a 70-hour book about architecture. Ooh. So you don't even get the benefit of the diagrams and the pictures. Was it a course teaching you how to be an architect? Which I imagine is roughly 70 hours. Step one, draw a building. Step two, build it. Step three, make sure it doesn't fall down. That's the important step. Yeah, yeah, that is the important step. Well, here is a question about a different sort of internet transaction. Nothing dodgy, though. It's from Ellie, who says, The other day, I decided to try to sell my smile on eBay to cheer the nation and donate the money to charity. (laughs) But, says Ellie, as yet... There have been no bits. What a surprise when you've got such a valuable thing to offer the world. I thought this was a cute idea and a fun way to raise money. No, that's how John Bishop's Only Joking got commissioned. You need more than just a basic idea, Ellie. You need to think harder. Oh, we but- had a basic idea and look at us still running with it over six years later. Yeah, but it's a good idea, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. You know, let's do a podcast in which people send us questions. At least we thought it through a bit more than like... It's like the premiere in adverts with uh, Lenny Henry. Yeah. That basic idea. They'll like, oh, that'll be funny. Put Lenny Henry in a commercial. No, think harder. Ollie, answer me this. Mm. Is it acceptable to sell something intangible on eBay in the name of charity, even though the winner wouldn't get anything? Well, don't undermine your own product, Ellie. I mean, the yeah. winner would get... Presumably, you'd have to say in the description that you'd send the winner a picture of your smile or something, in which case they're getting something. Or maybe a cast of your smile. Like people get their pregnant bellies uh, encased in plaster and then cast into bronze. That's a good idea, actually, because eBay specify that you can't give away something that's digitally transmitted. Uh, you have to be selling something that is uh, has a real presence. Because okay, uh, so otherwise it would be encouraging piracy. So you can't sell a notion. Presumably then you can't even sell an email. You would have to sell a printed letter or something. Yeah, that kind of right. thing. Yeah, you need, you need a, a thing people hold in their hands when they get it. 
<laughs> well, it depends on how nice her smile is, what people are holding <laughs> in their hands. I mean, uh, Ellie, I don't want to be miserly about people doing something for charity. You but, do a um, bit. But I do a bit. I, I do just think sometimes with these charity things people do, like, oh, buy my smile. That's no effort, Ellie. Buy my budget Christmas pudding that I've had in my cupboard for two yeah, years, no, Ollie. Do something. <laughs> no, do something good. Do something good. Do something that's taken a little bit more hard work than that. And when we, even when people send around those things going, oh, I'm walking three peaks in three weeks to raise money for charity. Peaks in weeks challenge. You're like, no, you're not, though, are you? You're, you're climbing three peaks in three weeks because you want the, the physical uh, exertion. You want to test yourself. You want to see if you can do it and you want the experience. And you're using the charity as an excuse. And, of course, you should give some money to charity rather than not give money to charity. Yeah. But... Don't pretend that you're doing it because of the charity, because you're not. I suppose when people run the London Marathon, I think you can only run that for charity. Yeah. But could you pick a really evil charity? They'd probably refuse your entry, wouldn't they? But the thing is, and I can see how raising money for the charity drives you on and makes you more focused and everything else. But but that's more honest, isn't it? I'm raising money for the British Heart Foundation because I'm running the London Marathon and you have to raise money for someone. But no one ever says that. They always say, I'm doing it because my grandfather died of a heart attack. And it's like, well, sort of, but you're doing it because you want to run the London Marathon. That's what you want to do. Do you know what I mean? No one actually, very rarely do people actually do things that genuinely make them suffer and are things they really don't want to do. Ollie Man wants to see you guys crucifying yourselves (laughs) and not even for charity, just for your own mortification (laughs) of the flesh. Um, You deserve it. (laughs) But actually the the rules around eBay are very fascinating, Ellie. So thank you for um, bringing my attention to them. Yes, Ollie doesn't like reading very much. So uh, when he does it, it better be worthwhile. That's right. So here are some things that you're not allowed to sell on eBay. Some of them are obvious, some of them less so. Dead human beings, I'm assuming. <laughs> that definitely is one. Uh, porn, obviously. Really? Um, sexual devices, unless they're advertised as something euphemistic like a personal massager. Okay, and as long as they've been uh, put through the dishwasher. Um, drugs, mm-hmm. fair enough. Firearms, IDs, hazardous materials. None of this a big surprise. Right. Here are some of the ones that I was surprised by. They specify, and this is what's surprising, not that you can't do it, but that they specify that you can't on their website, and therefore I imagine someone has set the precedent of trying. <laughs> they specify that you cannot use eBay to sell old gravestones. Oh, ah! God. That's extraordinary, isn't it? Now, presumably someone has stolen a gravestone and tried to sell it on eBay. I mean, how old is old? I mean, could you have one that's a couple of years old? It's not vintage, it's yeah, just yeah. secondhand. No, you're not allowed to sell secondhand ones. Wow. Um, but in some, some things, they do specify an age. So, for example, and this is something that will interest mm. you, Serial killer memorabilia <laughs> is fine. I don't want any. <laughs> oh, shit. That's buggered up my birthday present to you. I'll take it. Um, is it a lock of Bundy's hair? <laughs> um, serial killer memorabilia is fine if the serial killer was over 100 years ago. Oh, oh right. that's interesting. Cares. And that's basically out of respect to the victim. Do they mean the serial killer's last act of serial killing was over 100 years ago or the serial killer died 100 or more years ago? I think what it says is that the items themselves have to be over 100 years old. So I guess this means hang on to your John Wayne Gacy paintings for a while longer, well, listeners. it means that my Charles Bronson letter to Philip Schofield won't be tradable on eBay. Not a serial killer. Not a serial Just killer. Just very violent. Yes, but it applies to artworks created by violent criminals of the past 100 years. Again, they uh. specify that. Well, it could be your pension, though. Yeah, I guess. But then the ice. Yeah, oh, well, it could be your old. grandchildren's pension. <laughs> also, and this is extraordinary as well, I think they have a specific exemption on, and who'd have thought this would come up in two consecutive editions of Answer Me This? They have a specific exemption on original copies of If I Did It by O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Wow. Is that just so he absolutely cannot make money off this murder? Yeah. In context of all of that, yeah. I think a smile seems very harmless, Ellie. 
Maybe. Uh, and so I think eBay would probably be fine with you selling something that, as you say, it's kind of intangible, so long as you're very specific about what someone gets by bidding on it. Yes. And it is a real thing. So if someone got a printed out photo of you smiling, that's fine. So going back to what you were saying, Ollie, maybe Ellie could do a sponsored smile instead of selling her smile so she could get people to give uh, money on Just Giving or something. Ah. Now, if she had to walk around with a proper Richter grin on <laughs> for like three months... What could be more wonderful? That, <laughs> that would bring joy to people and it would also mean you'd really suffer. So that yeah. I think for that... Perfect. Tick, tick, tick. Ticky all the boxes for me. Well, that's the end of this week's Answer Me This. We have answered uh, our last... Uh, but we will answer more next week if... That's right. If... If you oh, provide us that's it. with questions to answer. Yeah, that's right. I was I was slightly over-enthusiastically just being like, yeah, we'll be back next week, but we don't want you to take us for granted, listeners. There is quite a lot of onus on you, listeners. You provide the questions. If you slack off, there is no next week. That's right. Do you want that on your conscience? Yeah. No, you don't. So send us your questions by email, phone or Skype. And uh, all of our contact details are on our website. AnswerMeThisPodcast.com Whilst you are there, click on the button that says Audible, Audible to get the free audiobook trial. I know we have been going on about this, but this is the last time, so just give me 30 more seconds to say you have until April Fool's Day, midnight on April the 1st. 2013. To get your free audiobook <laughs> to make you happy and to make us happy with money because you would like to support our show. Happy with money, the Ollie Man story. <laughs> I am buying a house. Uh, yeah, we... <laughs> you could pay for Ollie to get his gutters cleared. And we will be back answering your questions next week. Bye! Bye.